hello, hello. It's time for Talking Bollocks. Yes, that's right. It's I, Howard H. Smith, ready to talk some bollocks at you. Not to you, at you. Um, you may know me as host of this here podcast. Hello, welcome back. I also sing in Acid Rain. I do comedy, yada, yada. Do you know what? Sick of doing the intro. But what I will tell you about is Patreon. Patreon is a way that you can support this podcast, i.e. me, with real money. But you get a shed load of content. You also get to ask questions of guests who are going to be on the show, as you'll hear later, when Dave starts answering Mark's questions. Not mine, because Mark's a patron, you see. That's what happens. You get name-dropped and everything, bruv. Come on. So, um... It's uh, patreon.com forward slash Howard H. Smith or hit the support pod- Patreon podcast link in the description. Uh, for $6 a month, you get loads of stuff. You get a two-hour radio show. You get a live podcast on Zoom. We all have a chat once a month. Um, you get all sorts of features, album reviews, bits and pieces, comedy footage, you name it. And, of course, all the inside goss on Acid Rain and you get a crack at merch and everything before everybody else, etc., etc. Etc. How cool is that? Yeah, right. So, um, welcome. Welcome one, welcome all. It's Talking Bollocks. And this is the part where I launch into the news. And this week, this month, this podcast is no different. So, straight in with... Check this out. Blabbermouth is just getting so... um, What's... Mainstream... um, clickbaity I don't know but this watch this is a watch watch it says Ozzy Osbourne ooh you think haven't seen Ozzy for a while sign copies of patient number nine album at Long Beach in store uh right that's that's what we're reduced to now is it that's that is a by the way massive fucking story because as Blabmouth always do, they, you know, they they tack on all of the stuff. Oh, they've even tacked on, oh, they're January 2020. They've uh, tacked on a little fucking story from that. That's, oh, for fuck, that's pre-COVID. Pre-COVID. Christ. So, um, and, and the genius of this is, right, get this. If I did actually want to watch Ozzy sign his own fucking album in a record shop, Video unavailable. Playback on other websites has been disabled by the video owner. <laughs> so basically, um, this will be Blabbermouth trawling YouTube to find videos of people who are involved in metal and then trying to create a story out of it. And the owner of that YouTube video has fucking blocked them. Good on you, you fucking sound bloke. And you fucking lazy cunts at Blabbermouth. Which is a fucking bot wandering around, wandering around on YouTube, creating stories where there aren't any. Because believe you and me, there is not a story. There's not a video story. Watch, watch him sign fucking albums. Fuck off. Honestly. Just fucking, here's another story, right? Here's another story that isn't a story. It's literally, all you need is the headline. Get ready for it, okay? Tim Ripper Owens says there will be no ballads on his upcoming solo EP. Okay, cool. Next story. I mean, you you don't need to read anything else, do you? What, what fascinating explanation could there be 
for there not being any ballads on there. And yet again, what is this? Oh, this is another... Yeah, they've What they've done is they've created this story all on their lonesome because they've basically ripped it from the Jamie Jaster podcast. Simple as that. And then they've created the story and boom. Oh, no, I do apologise. No, it's an interview with Australia's Metal Ruse. Ruse as in kangaroos, hey? You lovable fucking Aussies with your casual racism, hey? Ah, anyway. Um, Yeah, no story. There isn't going to be any fucking... (laughs) There isn't going to be any ballads on his album. Right, brilliant. Here's another one which I love, which, well, I love it, but, but you know, Rob Flynn on Keeping Machine Head going for three decades. To me, it's always been about the music. That's the quote. And I think it would, I think what it should, what it should be, the full quote should be, to me, it's always been about the music, comma, and not like, and not letting anybody else write any. <laughs> oh, just, just having a little laugh with you there, Rob. Just having a little giggle. Hey, a little, little bit of a, yeah, whatever. Anyway. Um, the weird thing about this next story is I was going to mention it anyway, as I have uh, been slightly involved on Twitter regarding this. When I say slightly involved, I tweeted Tommy Lee and quite a few people tweeted back and th- thought it was funny. OK, but basically he put there's this big fucking thing. Tommy Lee blasts fan who complained about audience members exposing their genitals at Motley Crue at Motley Crue concert. His tweet said. Um, I don't get it. People coming to our shows and complaining about seeing tits. That's like going to the Cheesecake Factory and complaining about seeing cheesecake. And I replied and said, quite right. After all, there's four tits on stage. <laughs> well, I was I, yeah, I was just going to, you know, obviously I was going to milk it and make it a lot, <laughs> a lot more of a story than that. But um, yeah. Tommy Lee has blasted a fan who criticised a Motley Crue drummer for encouraging audience members to expose their genitals on camera as the band's just completed stadium tour. He's even started a fucking um, uh, OnlyFans page as well. But this is just bizarre, right? So here we go. Juan Alvarez, who attended the Crue concert, um, told ABC7 Chicago the the incident was especially traumatising for children who witnessed the naked body parts on the jumbotron i mean if you've got children who are who are traumatized by the sight of a naked human body fucking hell there you've already fucked those kids up their lives are done they have got misery to look forward to but get this he carries on minors and everybody was forced to see people nude on the big screen and everyone was doing it around us too it was like sodom and gomorrah it was crazy already i'm getting the fucking right-wing christian vibe even the usher he had to pull a guy down from the brick wall whatever that is because he had his private parts out now fair enough okay Nobody wants to be at a gig where everyone's getting, everybody's getting stripped off. But if I was expecting to get it at anything, it'd be Motley fucking crew. They thought it was absolutely fine and normal and hilarious and okay. When I brought up there were children there, six and nine-year-old girls and kids, they said, well, they shouldn't have come to the crew show. Yes, that's right. You've just fucking explained it, you stupid cunt. This is a country where you can buy guns in a petrol station, for fuck's sake. This is a country that has a problem 
with school shootings that invented the school shooting, perfected it. No other country has got anywhere near it. USA number one at school shootings and shootings in general. You are way out in front. You kill fucking thousands of Americans every year with your guns. But that's not the problem. That's not the problem. No, it's people taking their clothes off at a rock show. That That's the big problem. Fucking hell. Has there ever been a bigger contradiction in the world than the United States? It is not a country. It is 50 separate countries operating under one brand to increase its power in the world. That's it. Every single state has wildly differing laws, apart from it's okay to own a fucking gun, apparently. And just some some places you don't even need a permit. You don't even need a hidden carry permit. No, you can just stick a gun down your trousers and walk around because you feel like it. Because you might feel like you're in a fucking movie or something. Jesus Christ. What the fuck is it? The, the most puritanical nation on earth, just about, also has the largest porn industry on earth. What? How can one country have its morals so upside down, roundabout, and totally fucked? I do not get it. I really don't. I shouldn't be surprised, though, should I? You first elected a black man, yeah, and then, oh no, we're making progress, fuck that. Let's let's fucking elect an absolutely insane Mussolini-type mango-looking privileged fuck. Unbelievable, honestly, honestly. And by the way, I do love your country. I've been there several times, always had a great time. Always just feel a little bit safer when I get home. But, but, there you go. I wasn't expecting all of that to come from Tommy, <laughs> from from a Motley Crue article about them getting their fucking tits out. Whatever. I mean, right. OK, well, sorry, USA, but here's something else that you're fucking experts at. Lawsuits for nothing. Yeah, I want some money because. Yep, it's finally happened. That fucking cunt, Spencer cunt. Eldon, yeah, the Nirvana baby, the bloke who decided 30 years after the album came out that he was traumatised by the fact that a lot of people in the world had seen his genitalia, despite the fact that every time an anniversary comes round, he fucking dresses up in costume to celebrate it. He has posed, he's posed in pictures. To, anyway, you know the story. What a fucking dick. It's finally been thrown out. Finally. Finally, it has been thrown out for good. In short, because it's undisputed that Eldon did not file his complaint within 10 years after he discovered a violation, the court concludes that his claim is untimely. <laughs> because the plaintiff had an opportunity to address the deficiencies in his complaint regarding the statute of limitations, the court is, persu is persuaded that it would be futile to afford plaintiff a fourth opportunity to file an amended complaint. He's already had three chances. Three chances. What a cock. This guy is just choking up the legal system with his pathetic fucking attempt to try and screw some money out of the Nirvana estate. Eh? He's accused them of trying to distributing fucking um, 
a paedophilic content. Fuck me. Spencer Eldon, you fucking dick. Jesus Christ. Fuck you and fuck the ditch you live in. Anyway, <laughs> I'm on it today, aren't I? Eh? Ex-Metallica bassist Ron McGovney casts doubt on Dave Mustaine's alpha male claim. That's not how I remember those days. Fascinating stuff, Ron, but none of us remember you. You never played on anything. Thanks for your input. Not interested. I'll say something else I'm not interested in. And I've got to say, I think I'm not the only one who is not interested in new Fear Factory singer's identity will be revealed in February, says Dino Casares. I mean, how many times is he going to fucking tell us that, oh yeah, I'm going to announce it, I'm going to... It, it, like, it's not, it, it, it's just, is anybody, anybody in any kind of rush to find out who the new singer of Fear Factory is? Or, as I suspect, does nobody give a flying fuck apart from Dino? That's, uh, that's just a wild guess, but I'm thinking, no. No one gives a flying fuck apart from Dino. Oh, and possibly Jamie Jaster, who will already, who will, or, who will already know because he's such massive friends with Dino. And yet, this is, uh, and to be fair, okay, I'm going to have to do it, to be fair, right? This is a crossover of two things I've spoken about before, right? Um, it's not Dino trying to get some desperately needed publicity. What it is, is it's Blabbermouth, who, as I previously mentioned but got wrong, but this case I've got right, have basically trolled the internet, listened to the Jamie Jaster podcast and um, listened to um, the interview with Dino, and then they've created a whole fucking article out of it. And there's all the quotes in there and everything else. Fucking hell. Blabbermouth, fuck off. Just fuck off. Um, and now, some really cool stuff, okay? Um, there's a, there is a Dio documentary. Dio, Dreamers Never Die. And um, it's coming out. It, it is coming out, apparently, in the fall, or autumn, as the rest of the world calls it. Um, well, actually, we do. That's about it, really, isn't it? Um, but, yeah, it's um, it was financed solely by BMG. Awesome. Uh, so, anyway, um, it will be... Uh, oh, God, there's a soundtrack to come out and all the rest of it. Um, well, it says the soundtrack's going to be out in the fall. Um I'm not sure we've actually got a release date of the movie here. I was sure I saw it earlier. No. Right, okay. So, okay, right. I'm going to press the pause button and just see if there is that information, because I'd like to know, if even if you wouldn't. Well, it would appear we're talking a purely cinematic release at the moment, um, which is a shame, because it's looking like a very limited run. Um... Uh, it will be presented in more than 500 cinemas worldwide by Trafalgar Releasing and BMG for two days only on Wednesday, September the 28th and Sunday, October the 2nd. That's kind of it. They go on to talk about the, about the making of it and all the rest of it. And as I said earlier, really, there's a plan to release the soundtrack. But there's no, there's no mention of the movie being released at all. That's just fucking weird. Absolutely bizarre. Oh, that was a bit weird. Um, I had somebody knock at the door, which doesn't happen very often. And um, yeah, 
it was uh, it was it was just somebody wanting to know if they could leave a package outside. That's a fantastic fucking interval, isn't it? That's that that was worth knowing, wasn't it? Jesus Christ! I should have made something up. At least made it interesting. Anyway, look. I'm done. I've got um, I've got my um, got my yayas out, and um, that's chilled me out nicely. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all of you who've gathered here today to listen to this lovely podcast, thank you very much. I do appreciate it. This is an interview um, with the wonderful, wonderful main man in revocation. David Davidson is the man. He is the dude. We had such a chat. Uh, well, you're about to hear it. I'm not going to do that podcast host thing of like preempting the chat and then afterwards pulling it apart. No, I'm just going to let you listen. But needless to say, we had a right old laugh. Um, this is one of those that we kind of go off into all sorts of territory. Um, and um, yeah, this was really fun to do. David is um, uh, an, in- an incredibly um, creative guy, just a, a, a powerhouse of a musician. Um and it's great when you get somebody in a, on one of these interviews who's prepared to just talk about whatever and just like you know go on a wander, because that's that's pretty much what I'm after. I'm after like you know having a chat and talking about stuff that maybe other people aren't going to get to. And in fact, we even cover that in the interview. So how about I stop jibber jabbering and just let you listen to Dave and I having a chat not that long ago. <laughs> Nice to meet you. My name's Howard, singing uh, UK thrash band Acid Rain, who've been around since like '87, and um, and I've been doing stand-up comedy for 20 years. Just to give you an idea of who you're talking to, because I've I've been on your end a lot of the time, and sometimes you kind of never know who it is that you're speaking to. Right. Um, so thanks for doing this. Um, how's it been? Is this your first of the day? So, yeah, this is the first interview of the day. Great. How many you got lined up? uh what do i have i think i have four or five more today right right i i found myself it's one of those things where it's like you know oh christ i've got like five six seven interviews today and then you say like oh there's only two next week and you're like okay so what's wrong with next (laughs) all of a sudden it's like you know you dread the amount of interviews but when they're not there it's like well what's what's the problem with that right right it's uh people not care what's going on yeah 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 oh shit are we not popular anymore right just like that all it takes is one week you know (laughs) i went on the talking bollocks podcast and then and then all the (laughs) interviews dried up Uh, i i I really hope i really hope that we don't look back on this one day and go jesus that was that was pretty accurate dude right right (laughs) um but yeah, it is. It, it, it's kind of like, well, yeah, you know, back in the day, you do a few magazines, job done, really. Um, but now it's just, yeah, you're, you're, you know, you're talking to me. You're, you're doing interviews. You're doing podcasts. You're doing like written interviews. There's a whole kind of like, well, just a, a mass of admin that follows up. You know, your album coming out, despite the fact that you know you've done so much work on it, to then to bring it out. You and know, it's funny. You, it's funny you mentioned that um the written interviews because I, i'm just thinking now i haven't done a single written interview this, this for this whole album wow cycle. not one really you know? wow yeah. i mean i sent them uh i sent metal blade like kind of tra- you know, track by track written breakdowns for each song that i think 
you know, go out to, to different interviewers to just kind of maybe familiarize themselves with like the, the material, like, you know, like a yeah. little bit of a deeper level, like in terms of, you know, what the songs are about, or maybe like just even like a general blurb of what, you know, what the record is uh, conceptually about. But um, I don't know, who knows, maybe just some people just take that and, 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 and put it out there if they're doing like just kind of more of like a basic print thing. Yeah. Uh, or certainly for um, like when we release a single, that will go out. So I'll, I'll see like the quote that I had kind of written up about like a particular song or about like a particular, you know, the concept of the record that will be like at part of the meat of the article or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't have to do like 50 quotes for 50 different metal publications that are all picking the song up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because I, I didn't even, it didn't even cross my mind until right now because I used to do so many written interviews. Yeah. And I think because like everyone has a podcast now or, or, or a YouTube yeah. channel or, you know, like, a, you know, whatever, um, I think people are just maybe preferring to do it more in, um, you know, in person slash, you know. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I, I also, I mean, I, I think there is a I think there's a certain uh, there's a there is also it kind of plays into the fact that people don't really like writing either. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of. Yeah, yeah. Hey, lay it, fuck it. Throw that in on top. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, why do we bother with these words? Um, right. But yeah, because I, it, it, I, my band being like a, a bit older, you know, we've got fairly old school fans. And so you get you do get like, you know, old school interviews. So I get quite a lot of, uh, of email stuff. But then again, that was 2019. And as we all know, Right. that that was a hundred years ago because because right. post covid like everything has changed so um uh yeah there may be a thing that it just that you know people just aren't doing them anymore yeah who knows who knows yeah. i won't miss doing them i gotta be honest You're... yeah good well you, you know I, I don't know about you but i have like a i have a word document with loads of with loads of stuff i could cut and paste because it's like if you're gonna ask me these boring questions that everyone asks sorry but you're gonna right. get the same answer right right, right. you know it's um but anyway uh, my research was listening to the album um right. which i which i always find works really well um and um yeah i mean the first word that springs to mind is um well two words actually fucking brutal um yeah, I mean, Jesus Christ, were you in a bad mood or something for a long time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, there was a you know some some extra uh, negative uh, energy built up during the the pandemic that I had to kind of purge myself of. Um, but yeah, I, I I would agree that it's it's definitely I think it's our most brutal. I mean, I feel like every band says, oh, it's the most brutal album yet, right? But yeah, yeah, I yeah. Know, I feel like it's just <laughs> feel like having had time away from it for a while, because we, we, we completed this record like over a year ago. And then yeah, there was obviously multiple issues with the pandemic in terms of like, you know, okay, there's the general shutdowns. And then now we're seeing the aftermath of that in terms yeah. of supply chain and all that kind of stuff so i mean we we had to kind of basically we handed it in and they were like cool it's not going to come out for a year because all the vinyl plants are so backed up and it was just like fuck like we didn't even think about that yeah um, but anyway i had you know time you know i kind of had to move on mentally from that and you know work on other projects or, or just whatever like you know teaching and um but yeah like kind of now now that it's fresh for everybody else of course like 
you know, I'm, I'm like having to repost it, you know, you listen to it again, you're like, oh yeah, this is like a pretty goddamn aggressive record. So it's, it's, it's nice yeah. to still feel proud of it like a year later and not like, oh God, I'm sick of this already. So, <laughs> well, but presumably, well, uh, presumably in the last 12 months, you know, you're not like getting together and rehearsing uh, every week or every month and playing through these songs because you need to, you kind of need to have that that energy and that enthusiasm for them when you hit the road, when you're going to be playing them every night. Right. So, so you know, you were saying you, you had to get busy with other stuff, teaching and stuff. So what, from a, from a band perspective, um, was it just a case of, right, okay, let's, you know, let's take, 12 months off or should we start writing a new record it's it's a it's a kind of weird position to be thrown into yeah well so we don't have the luxury of getting together to practice right anyway because we're all so spread out um it's it's weird like i know a lot of bands like that now um, yeah same here but ultimately you know kind of in different areas i mean our drummer lives in vancouver i like brett's in like richmond virginia our our um our touring guitar player it like lives in California. So we're, we're like, we're all over the place. Right. Yeah. I wish we all lived in the same area. Cause I, cause I do miss those days of like just getting together and like fucking jamming in a, in a room and just feeling some loud yeah. amps. And it's a, it's a cathartic release, but um, you know, it, it is what it is. Yes. Um, but yeah. So I think for me, I just kind of move on and like, just start writing other stuff. Like, like, I don't think about it like writing for revocation is a, is a job necessarily. Like it's definitely like a labor of love and, and revocation still is like a passion project for me, even though it's like my main gig, I'm still like passionate to write revocation songs. Yeah. So I, I, don't, I don't look at it like, all right, well, you know, I, I need to take time off or, you know, okay, we put that record out, but we're not getting together to jam. There's nothing on the horizon. So it doesn't make sense for me to write more revocation. Yeah. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. For me, like I look at it, like if I have a riff or if just something like comes out and if it sounds like revocation to me, I'm going to, I'm going to record it and catalog it and yeah, file it away for later. Yeah. 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 It's going to go, it's going to go into the riff bank. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I, I absolutely, I absolutely get it. I absolutely get it. I'm, I'm in the same position. Although when you were reciting where all your members leave, live, um, I felt a bit embarrassed because obviously I live in the UK and we think we live far away from each other. Um, so I'm not even going to go down that route. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's a similar position as in, it's like, you know, it's bringing everybody together. It's, it, there's got to be good reasons for it. Um, uh, but and yeah, those when you were talking about like you know those days of loud amps in the face and getting in a room and all the rest of it, and I was thinking, yeah, especially this time of the year, you know, in summer when it's like it's really hot and you go into the rehearsal room and it's even fucking hotter. Mm-hmm. And and you know, I'm, well, I'm talking like pre-aircon as well, and when you just go in there and just go right, let's you know, you just go for it, and everybody's just like dripping in sweat and all the rest. And sometimes that's like you know where the real magic happens. Right. Um, but. You know, it's not it's it's not always or ever possible, you know, these days. Um, but given all the projects, I mean, you know, you're how much teaching do you do? Um, I do a fair amount of teaching. Um, it's it's not like 40 hours a week or anything like that, but I've got a good core group of students and I feel like it's always kind of growing. Um, I mean, right right now I had 
I think I, I did like, I've been doing so many interviews and different podcasts. I think I'm just popping up on more people's radar. So last week I had like three or four new people that emailed me through my, my website. Um, and I had to basically be like, Hey, like I actually can't take on new students until like this, after this next tour now, because like Mondays are totally blocked out with, with interviews. Yeah. And then like, I've got all these other, like there's, they're essentially like just other pieces of content that I need to, to film. So like sort of features for other websites. So, you know, teaching a riff or talking about other yeah. know, my favorite albums that influence me, like, like all, all stuff that requires like time setting up my own video equipment and, and, and lighting the room and, you know, making sure my audio work, like just, I mean, just to get going, um, when, when I'm filming myself, I feel like it takes like at least like a half hour to, to get going with the, yeah. the setup and the test shot and make sure everything's good. So, yeah. Um, and I, and it's, I'm, I'm sure if I've done it like a hundred times, I'll get faster at it, but it's, but it's still, you know, relatively new thing yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, it's not like I have like a hundred YouTube videos under my belt or anything like that. So it takes, <laughs> you know, it takes time and, um, yeah. and it's a learning process. So, yeah. I, and, and then we're about to leave for tour. So even if I did start teaching them, it's like, okay, we could really only get one lesson in, anyway and then i'd have to kind of stop and put everything on hold so right yeah. now i'm just telling folks um you know to hit me up like in mid-october so yeah if you're listening to this right now and you want a guitar lesson you know definitely yeah. available just uh hit me up mid-october and uh, we'll, we'll take it from there and and remember to use the promotional code talking bollocks for no discount <laughs> zero percent uh, yeah absolutely yeah you will literally be warned off um in fact don't mention the podcast at all right, right. Uh, but um yeah i charge more if you mention it. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> now you're getting it yeah definitely 15 percent extra uh, yeah. on top it's a surcharge <laughs> yes yeah yeah i had to sit i had to sit on zoom for half an hour with that motherfucker yeah right. you guys gonna pay uh, <laughs> um but it's a great, but it is a great way of 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 being self employed. You know, it's you know passing on the knowledge and 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 you know and everything else. Um, are you, I mean, you you have revocation, you have guitar teaching. Is there any other stuff you do as well that you know helps pay the bills? Yeah. Um, well, it, I'm I'm very grateful and thankful that I can be self-employed just through through music whether it's with band endeavors um or or yes yeah, or, or sort of band adjacent things like teaching i mean yeah i think at the end of the day it kind of all cycles back to the band in different in different ways or at least or or, or maybe it's more of a symbiotic relationship at this point i'm not really sure but certainly mm -hmm. i think people are reaching out to me for lessons because they are fans of my guitar playing because they heard me play in a band right so it, it yeah it kind of feeds into itself yeah, um, but yeah, I have um, I have uh, like tab books that I sell through Sheet Happens Publishing, so that's like a good kind of passive source of income. You know, it's a lot of work up front. Um, you know, I, I I go through and basically they have someone that transcribes the the material, and then I go in and essentially like proofread everything note by note and just make sure like okay, yeah, this is how I played that. You know, with with um, you said you're the vocalist, right? But you don't you don't yeah. play guitar or anything. <laughs> no, unfortunately, no. Okay um there's enough guitar players out there anyway um <laughs> there's enough singers too right right, right. Uh, <laughs> yeah but but so like on guitar there's multiple ways of playing like a, a single 
note, right? It's not like piano where middle C is only in one spot. You could place, you know, middle C in a couple different spots on the guitar. And certainly like depending on the note and the octave range, there might be six different places you could play a single yeah. high E, for example. Well, there is, there is slightly a correlation in singing as well, because ultimately, you know, if you're if you're asking for a note, you can, it can be growled. You can have a little bit of gravel. You want it clean. Do you want it head voice? Do you want throat voice? You know, so yeah, I, 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 I get, you know, absolutely get it. For sure. Um, but, you know, for me, from the, from a transcribing perspective, you know, like the, mm. the, the notes might be accurate, but maybe where I, where I played them on the neck is inaccurate. So then I might have to go in and, and right. correct that. So, you know, cause I want yeah. it to be as accurate as possible. So the point is the proofreading, you know, that, that take, they, they have to transcribe it and then I have to proofread everything note by note. So. Like I said, it's a lot of work up front, but then once it's done, it's kind of just like this evergreen kind of thing where it's, you know, you go online and you can download it or we have physical copies of the book. So that, yeah. those, that's a good kind of pass, little passive revenue yeah. stream um, yeah. that I can have. And then also I have signature guitars. I have signature pickups. Cool. Um, I do a signature pedal that was that was discontinued, but now is coming back through a different company. So I try to work with companies that I'm really passionate about with stuff that I'm already using um, and then, you know, create some kind of collaboration there yeah. that's that's hopefully beneficial to both parties. So I have my my Jackson Warrior WR7s. Those are for sale. Um, I have DiMarzio pickups. The, my newest set is called the Occult Classic. Um, I'm not trying to like, just like plug all my, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, but dude, that's right now, but yeah, but why not? I asked the question and that is right, such right. a cool name as well. The occult <laughs> classic. Yeah. 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 That, I thought that was funny. It was kind of, we were like, we got to tie it in with the record. It's about the occult and, you know, hellish themes are like, Oh, cult classic. I'm like, Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, anyway. So yeah, that's, uh, th th those are the different kind of sources for me. Um, yeah, where I can kind of avoid getting a getting a day job, which is nice. It, absolutely, and and you know I don't know about you, but when you start out in this game, it's like that's the goal. It's just like I I, I don't need a swimming pool. I just right. need to not be working for anyone else and doing something I love. Right, exactly, and that's the thing. It's it's really about doing what you love. Like you know, I'm not I'm not riding around in a in a Ferrari. You know, like I live in an apartment with roommates. You know, it's it's not like I'm living in like the lap of luxury or like that, but. Um, I feel proud that I could get to a self-sustainable point and it, and it's all with, you know, doing something that I love. I'm sure I'd be making way more money ha had I chosen more of like a, uh, you know, career path and, you know, tech or, or, or whatever. Yeah. Right. Um, even if I just was, was just like a straight up guitar teacher, like teaching full time and poured everything I had into just, you know, okay, I'm yeah. going to do a music school or something like that um because you can make a good you can make a good living doing doing shit like that but yeah for, for me like i just always have to have that creative component to what i'm doing like my bands take up a good amount of my my time and, and, and a lot of this stuff is like you know you're not getting paid for your time while you're while you're working on this stuff like like revocation it's not like i'm getting yeah a stipend to, to yeah right or whatever yeah. right I an mean, hourly rate right, right. yeah so, I mean, you, you go on tour i mean i'm getting paid for the show but you know i'm i'm not getting paid for like the nine hours that you're like in the van or you know or, or in the bus like driving to the gig or whatever so yeah um, it's the opposite all of that actually costs money <laughs> right ex right exactly right you know yeah. you have to kind of 
I mean, playing the show is awesome, right? But it's 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 the all the stuff that happens leading up to the show that that sucks, yeah. right? You know, absolutely, and the driving and just you know not having the comforts of, of of home. But at the end of the day, we do it because we love it. Uh, you know, it's almost like a like a compulsion. Um, <laughs> there was there was like a quote I forget who said it, but it was like the the, the rewards of of you know fame are not uh, you know money or success but intoxication and that's why so many bad artists are unable to give it up right and i don't think he meant intoxication like drinking with your buddies i think he meant like it's literally like an addiction that kind of like feeds us right like oh hell yeah it's getting on stage and and having that like cathartic release you know even if there was no one there right or one person there like that just having that like emotional really like you were saying sweating your ass off like in in the practice yeah. space yeah some loud amps with just your buddies like there's a communal thing that's happening there and then when you add a crowd of i mean depending on the club size right i mean you yeah. be playing in front of you know i've had some of my most memorable shows in a pack club and there was like 200 people there you know and it felt like you were playing to a million people because just it was just hot and sweaty and the energy was there and it was it was contained so there was kind of nowhere for that energy to go it was all just <laughs> yeah. like in this like nuclear reactor just 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 yeah. churning and, and 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 getting more and feeding off itself i mean that's that's like intoxicating that that feeling right it's, it's absolutely that we all as musicians you know know and and love and it kind of and it kind of feeds our drive and our desire so um you know, yeah. at the end of the day, I think I'm still just that, that kid playing that basement show. Yeah. You know? And, and now it's just like, okay, cool. We're like on tour with cannibal corpse or whatever. And there's 2000 people here, you know, instead of 30 crammed in this basement, but it, that's that kind of, it sort of feeds that inner beast in you. Like you kind of always want to get back to that place, that place of nostalgia, that place of, you know, that, that cathartic creative burning desire to like have those connections with people in the crowd um yeah so yeah i I, I, like it's it's just a nice bonus now that you can get paid for your (laughs) your performing yeah Um, no absolutely absolutely and i think otherwise i'd have to get a get a real job but i'd still be out playing i'd still be out playing shows i absolutely absolutely but i i you know the the whole thing about that um Somebody somebody asked me recently about the difference between being a, a stand up and be, and singing in a band, and I was like, it's 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 very very simple. It's taken me years to figure it out, but it turns out it's very simple. And that is, um, when you play, uh, when I play as a comedian, I get congratulations from the crowd. Congratulations that you made us laugh. That was great. But in a band, you get adulation mm. because. In a you know when you, if a comedian you just you I don't mean I'm not putting it down you know just making somebody laugh but that is it whereas in a band you reach inside someone's chest and you can fuck with their emotions and you can take them back to first first kiss you can take them back to a place they used to live you can take them back to a, a great time in their life or a, a a horrible time in their life because that's what music does mm. it, it 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 just it hits you where you live. And before you know it, you're having a response to a song that you're like, shit, you know, and that for me, as you were just talking about then about that connection and that live thing with people, it's, it's that, it's that, you know, 
that some people come and they're like totally obsessed with hearing one song, right. you know, and then other people will be like all about, you know, a different album or, or, you know, or, or, or they, and there's just like, everybody has their own perception and their own favorite track or whatever it is, but you get to go out there and just purely deliver and, it's up to them how they react. You know, you just, you put that set list together and you never know who you're touching in, in what way. Occasionally, you know, you get to speak to people after the show and you get, sometimes you get some bizarre feedback and sometimes you get some, you know, great feedback, whatever it is. Right. It's, it's like, it's that ability to like trigger emotions in people with music that I find so, so powerful. I have a question for you now and I'm going to throw it back to you. So what, what do you find, what do you find more or, or is it impossible to answer, but do, do you find doing stand up more rewarding or do you find playing shows more rewarding or the, or are they so different? Like, could you not kind of live without either one? Like, is it like impossible to choose? Do you know what someone said to me recently, ideal world, full time, decent size, you know, touring, making a living, decent living, with acid rain or full-time stand-up blah, blah. and the thing is the trouble is practicalities start coming into play so I, I ended up going with comedian purely because i haven't got four other people who could fuck my career up for me right <laughs> attached yeah. which is which is like you know pretty pretty shallow but pretty true right. um but when it comes down to pure buzz it, it, it's it's the band every day Right. You just can't, you, you just, but you, you cannot, you can't beat that, that volume of energy. You know, you can't beat that, that, that intensity. Right. You know, it's like, no matter what a comedy gig is like, it could be great, but you're never going to have that intensity hmm. that, that you get from a music crowd because it's that passion, you know, because an audience at a gig are like, right, we're fucking bringing it. We're, we're crowd surfing. We're going nuts here. Whereas at a comedy gig, it's like, hey, make me laugh. Right. So it's a different dynamic altogether. Right. I would imagine, too, like, there's a certain maybe comfort with the band because, like, there's loud, like, with like, being a stand-up comedian, there's, like, literally nowhere. Nowhere to hide. hide. Yeah. So, like, if you bomb it's like, it probably just feels like the worst dagger in your, in your soul. Whereas like, you know, you fuck up a note or, you know, miss <laughs> a line live or something like that. It's like, well, the band's still going. Like I got about, you know, 120 decibels behind me kind of backing me up. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the thing is as well is with, with the big thing that I, that I notice is as a as a comic, you come off stage. If I've just closed a club, um, you know, headline headlining sounds stupid in comedy to me. You're closing, um, and you close. You come off, and you are you've had a great show. You're absolutely buzzing, and you walk into a dressing room, and no one wants to fucking hear it. <laughs> no one wants to talk to you about your set. They've done their shows. Yeah, yeah, saw that. Oh, it went well. Yeah, well done. So yeah, anyway, I was buying. Uh, the, I, no one cares. Right. So so when you come off stage and there's like three, four, five of you to go, oh man, what about this song? And you see that dude over there? He knew every fucking word of every song, you know? And all there's none of that. Absolutely right. none of it. So it's all self-contained. 
So it's like, you know, you don't even have buddies to share that adrenaline with. So right. that so hence a lot of stand-up comedians end up being alcoholics. <laughs> right. You know, because we work in pubs and bars and it's like, right, okay, so I'm still buzzing. Um, I'm gonna have a beer. Right. Yeah. You know? And yeah, you know, I've been there, seen that, done that. Um, I mean, I can still drink, but I just decided to to not. Um, Who do you think uh, parties harder, comedians or musicians? Oh, musicians every day of the week. Okay, okay. So, oh, so yeah. the comedian, it's more of just like a internal, uh, yeah, alcoholism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> musicians, it's an external alcoholism. Yeah, yeah. It's more, it's it's singular rather than group. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like Strength the, the yeah. numbers is what you're yeah, saying. yeah. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Because when you, yeah, it, it is. It's like it, it, that is just that's summed it up quite well. Um, it, it, but it's it is. It's just completely different. It's completely different. And and so not having that, you know, that that band camaraderie is something that that I miss because being a stand up, as you said, being on stage. Well, it's the same off stage. You are you're singular. You know, you're driving. You're doing all the shows that you would with a band, but you're on your own in a car on your own. But then again, that flip side is my agent rings me and says, right, I've got uh, six shows here. Here are the dates. Here are the fees. Uh, you good for that? And you just go, mm, yeah, no problem. I've checked. Yeah, cool. Rather than hang on, I'll just check with everybody and then I'll right. get back to you. And oh, no, someone's got a wedding. And that, oh, there's that. That's all. That's like none of that happens. Right, right. So from that point of view, being, you know, uh, you know, being sort of, de facto manager of the band so i do all of that side so when when in stand-up you're just managing yourself and being and you're just able to go yes 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 no yes no that's quite that, that that's quite freeing um but ultimately nowhere near the buzz you know nowhere near the buzz of like kids flying over a barrier and you know fucking stage diving and also you know we we look we're, hopefully we're doing south america in march no one's asking me to go to South America to tell jokes. Right. right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, music has that, there's a universal language to, to music where, yeah, um, yeah, like you might get, you might be particularly successful in your own home country or, or, or whatever. But yeah, I mean, even just English speaking countries, like there's different, there's UK slang that's going to be different than like oh, Australian yeah. slang. It's going to be different than American oh. slang. So a joke that you do that might be contingent upon even like, you know, like kind of like a dialect or whatever, or your delivery might not land somewhere else. Cause they might be like, Oh, I don't, you know, what's yeah. Yeah. Oh, mate. Cultural reference. Yeah. It. Whereas music, it could be, you know, I mean, I, doesn't I matter listen to bands. I mean, the majority of death when I listen to, I can't understand. They could be singing in any language <laughs> and it wouldn't yeah. matter, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm listening to some like gore grind vocalist. It's not like I'm going to be able to, you know, make out what the hell they're saying to begin yeah. with. But there is that musical, so or that 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 universal language that comes with with, with musical expression. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. The cultural references are really important, and you constantly have to keep update. I mean, I'm 52 now, and I was right. I was gigging with a comedian literally about three months ago, and his cultural reference for a huge female pop star was Madonna. And right. and and his gag didn't didn't really like do very well. And he came off and he was like, I've been struggling with that recently. And I was like, dude, I'm sorry to tell you this, but not everyone knows who Madonna is anymore. 
She's not the top of the pile for kids in their twenties or even their thirties. Right. You know, right. it's like you, you've, you've got to keep updating. Right. You've constantly got to keep updating. Yeah. Um, but that's just, you know, like you say, your music has, has no borders. You know, music is just for everybody in every country. Um, look, I'm I'm aware of what the time is. Um, have you got other people coming in yet? Um, I've got another interview right at at noon, but we could keep chatting. Oh, cool, good, good. I'm pleased. I'm pleased because we're on a roll here, not talking about your new album. <laughs> it's all good, you know. This is you know, I've I've answered. A, I've talked about the new album enough, you know. Well, I, well, look, I know, being I'm in the band. I'm just asking you about your stand-up comedy career. It's like <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Record company's going to listen to this and go, David, that's not your role in interviews, right, right. okay? Right. <laughs> but You're not um, the interviewer, Dave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, but, the, but the thing is, I'm kind, you know, this is sort of where I'm coming from because I know what it's like to be on the treadmill of, like, you know, so how did you pick that producer and why the album title and the artwork's great? Tell us, how did you, there's enough of that out there. You know, there's, there's, there, that's that, you know, everybody can pick that up if they want. Right. Um, but I think it's more interesting to find out about, you know, the people behind the music and, you know, and, and, and passions and obsessions and, 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 you know, and stuff like that. Cause so far we've done, we've done uh, what it's like being self-employed. The differences between being an abandoned and a comedian. I mentioned your album once. Um, it is out folks. Okay. So make sure, make sure you stream, download, buy physical. And I don't, I don't mean do one of those, do all of those, obviously. Um, but that is, yeah. Just to go back to something you said very much earlier, that uh, about the the vinyl plants um, being so backed up, that is just, you know, that comes out of nowhere, doesn't it? You know, no one, no one sees that coming. Right. And all of a sudden it's like, yeah, wow, we have our very own supply chain issue. Right. I know it's, yeah, it is one of those things where, yeah, when, when you hear like supply chain issues, like, I don't know. You think about like McDonald's or, or Nike or something like that. You don't. You don't think yeah. like, oh, it's going to affect my my underground <laughs> death metal band. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. But we're also connected, right? You know, we live in a global economy and everything. I mean, even like the material that the you know the vinyls are made out of. Right. I mean, I mean, like everything, yeah. like where that stuff comes from, some refinery somewhere, right? I mean, it all gets backed up and. Um, I mean, it's affected the the, the guitar sales. Um, sorry, it hasn't yeah. affected the guitar sales, but it's affected like uh, like royalty distribution because they're like, oh, you've you've sold X amount of guitars. I'm like, oh, that's good. You know, like, but you're not going to see. You know, you don't get paid until they ship, and you know they're sitting on a shipping container. Yeah, you know, somewhere in you know Port Authority of like you know on the West Coast somewhere, and there's about you know a hundred shipping containers. <laughs> Yeah. In front of yours that need to get, you know, and then you know, there's union and there's there's all these different things that come into play there. So, yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah, it's it's, it's crazy. Definitely, uh, it's it's wild to think about how many different um, things get affected uh, because, yeah, we are, are living in this same kind of, um, you know, financial ecosystem, as it were. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's it's insane right now. It's like, you know, we're, we're all suffering inflation. We're all suffering ludicrous power prices i mean you know uh, yeah, we you know gas electric well oil prices goes up they're all gonna they're you know they're all continue going up 
um you know gas prices over where you are and over where we are just like going up 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 although it has just come down over here for a, a, for the first time in god knows how long um but the thing it, it, it's the knock-on effects it's really weird because i'll i go i'll walk into a supermarket and you see like and you see shelves where the bread is i think i lost then, you there oh no really i'm still here dude can you hear me oh no are you there ah you're back we're you back. moved we're back cool um i was just saying it's like walking into a supermarket now and you see like the bread section and there's like three loaves of bread left i'm no longer surprised right you know it's just like okay well you know that's it that's the way it is right. um and but but having said that i do get the feeling that there are people out there using the excuses of covid and uh, supply chain issues for like pretty much everything <laughs> you know right. it's like you know friends coming to a party you're going to leave early why are you leaving early oh you know covid uh <laughs> supply chain issues Great excuse if you don't want to go to a party though oh man it is the best it is the yeah. best the i i had like it, people just recently um we were doing shows putting people on the guest list and it's like, wow a lot of you've got covid within the last 24 hours you know yeah it's like no, you've really upped the excuses because it used to be just the kids, <laughs> you know. Right. Oh, why? Why are you leaving now early? The, now the kids have COVID. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. well, I have COVID, you know, and I can't come. I might. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah, the, but it's yeah, but yeah, if you have kids, you got even more excuses because you could like be totally fine, but then you yeah, you put you blame it on the kids. Like, oh, one of my kids <laughs> has the sniffles. Like, I don't want to risk it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Spe Perfect speaking. Speaking of which, do you do you have a family? Do you have aspirations to have a family? If, if you don't, um, I don't have a uh, a family. Um, uh, I mean, I mean, I have a you know, I, I mean, I was you know, I wasn't like raised by wolves or something. Like that. I have like a family. <laughs> Just thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have. I came out. Or anything like I that. came out of an egg in the desert one day. Right, and, it was yeah. the alien. You know, the the egg opened up. And... <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, from yeah, but no, from yeah, a personal point of view, don't have any kids. Um, you know the notion of kids, like kind of. When I was like young, like a younger man, like I definitely didn't want kids, like at all. Now, as I feel like as I get older, you know, I'm still leaning more on the no side. But there's part of me that's like, yeah, I've met the right person, you know, and it was like this kind yeah. of like if I met like the woman of my dreams and it's like this kind of deal breaker it would yeah. be more it, it, it would be like a more of a decision that i would that i would weigh so i can't yeah can't say how i'd react you know just yet but like i i feel like it would be whereas like before i think i would be more like all right well it's just not going to work out like you know you really want kids and i don't so like let's just go our separate ways now i think yes. it would be more of like something i would sort of wrestle with there but it does concern me like um not even like i think how i would do it as a father i think i would be like i think i would be a good dad it's it's more like i i'm concerned for like where the world is kind of going in terms of just climate change political yeah. unrest i mean obviously like not to keep bringing up the COVID things i'm sure everyone's fucking sick of talking about it but just yeah seeing how we kind of all do live in this sort of house of cards like you know everything's going perfectly well like until until it's not right yeah and like and and with the COVID, i mean obviously it was affected 
people are still dealing with the fallout from it. Um, you know, not to minimize any of the, you know, the death and chaos that it caused, but like in the grand scheme of pandemics, if we're just looking purely at like mortality rate, right? Like, like it could, it could have been like way worse, right? Oh like God, yes. Yeah. Percentage wise in terms of what the percentage of mortality was, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't want to say we got lucky with that one, right? Because it's obviously, it's a tra- you know, so many people lost loved ones and, um, or, 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 you know, didn't die, but are dealing with effects of long COVID and, you know, shit yeah. like that. But yeah, absolutely. Had like a, you know, 10 to 15% mortality rate. I mean, we, we had what, like a one, one to 2% mortality rate, I guess, depending on your, yeah. your age group and your, like, you know, a myriad of other health, you know, kind of pre-existing conditions, as they say in, in, in America. But, you know, we can see how much havoc that that caused. Yeah. You know, with just a one to 2%, you know, if it, if it was 10, 15%, like some kind of weird avian flu or something like that, that, you know, yeah. goes airborne, like, you know, because when they have those, like, um, you know, like if there's like a weird bird flu, like in a chicken coop, like they like euthanize like the entire like flock of birds, like right there, because it's like, they know it's going to like, you know, kill like most of the bird population anyway. And also like, they don't want it like jumping from like bird to human because it's, it's so lethal. And so yeah, um, the, the, the veracity of, of some of those viruses are, is, is so brutal. So um yeah, you know, it just I think it kind of kind of gave everybody pause, or at least it certainly gave me pause to you know to think like, oh man, there's so many variables that that could go wrong, and like, are we going to start see seeing more and more of those things? I mean, you know, the monkeypox outbreak, and you know, all all these yeah. different things. Like, you know, as as the weather gets warmer, you know, is that going to you know allow for different types of insects to live in different type, you know types of the year is that going to yeah. create like you know a whole new kind of you know viral or bacterial kind of season where like things can thrive for longer yeah um i mean you know it's just so I mean, even like you know as as the climate changes like you know and, and human beings are looking for different resources we're encroaching into territories that you know mother nature maybe doesn't like want us in and as we go further in there like is that just going to create the next zoonotic outbreak so i don't yeah. want to be all uh you know doom and gloom here but you know when, when these are the types of things that unfortunately you know go through my my mind right yeah no about, I, like worst I, case scenarios like i'm already here right you know and and like you know if it all ends tomorrow like i had a great run like i you know i played at the play music got to like do what i love for a living and, and, and share to me, which is one of the most purest human experiences you can have, which is like creating art and, and sharing it with others. Um, not, you know, obviously there's, I think we all do things for the ego, both like conscious and unconscious. Right. But like, yeah. but, but to, to the, the best compliment I can receive is like, Oh, like, you know, your music really like affected me, like on an emotional level or like, Oh, like it really like yes. inspired me, not even necessarily yeah. like, right. You know, if it's inspired you to play music or, or to pick the guitar back up or, or to start a band, like that's amazing. But even in other ways, like, Oh yeah. Like your music inspires me when I, you know, like I'm working out or your music inspires me when yeah. I'm painting or, 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 or whatever. Right. So you're, yeah. you're, you're influencing people, not just musicians, but like a whole swath of people, whether they're fellow artists in another, you know, uh, avenue of artistic expression or just, you know, someone that's, got like a nine to five office job and you know the 
you know, I had a, I had a guy the other day and, you know, he was like, you know, I listen to your music when I'm at work and like, it just like helps my, helps my day. Um, you know, it's like, yeah. it's great. You know, it helps the day go by and like, you're like, oh, this is, it's great to know that you can provide like, not just a pure, just purely entertainment, but like some, something on a deeper level to people right yes yeah um, and also i think i think also as well as that there's that like what i love is is when is when like you know people are like oh man i you know got it on the day of release and and it, the fact that people are that you that you can give people excitement that they that that something you do is something that someone else looks forward to right, they get, doing yeah, they, seeing being yeah and it's like yeah. Like that's that's the coolest. That's like right. you know. So like I said, I had a good you know. I had I feel like I've had a good run. You know, <laughs> I'm not responsible for anybody else. Like if if it like turns into like Mad Max in like you know 20 years, like <laughs> 20 like, months, I'll look, I'll look back fondly on like oh remember when we had the lockdown like that was fun like I could still like get yeah. food and stuff you know and then it just kind of just like. <laughs> now I'm yeah. like you know barbecuing like a lizard in like the like 140 degree like. Sahara desert somewhere like where everything is just you know yeah yeah alteringly hot you you live you live two bands you live, of cannibals and stuff so yeah like, I'll, you, I'll, you I'll live two blocks you live two blocks down from Thunderdome yeah um, right, right, yeah, right. I, yeah, won't, yeah. I won't have like another like I won't have like a like a kid to like oh you know I gotta like you know okay cool I I I, I born you into this hellscape here you know <laughs> thank me later yeah. Uh, <laughs> Well, who knows? Yeah. Maybe, you know, may maybe I'm being too much of a, you know, have a, too much of a defeatist attitude. Um, and maybe to, yeah, you know, but to be know. honest with you, to be honest with you, David, I think, yeah, I think what you're doing is being, um, uh, is, is admirable because, um, uh, you know, a, a, a lot of people, it's like, hey, I want to be a dad, so I'm going to have a kid. Right. And, you know, a bit selfish, maybe, you know, <laughs> it's, like, it's like, well, and, and, you know, what you're doing is, you know, weighing up the, you know, the pros, the cons, and because most people's decisions to procreate are that exactly that they are decisions and it is done for the benefit of the relationship or the individual, mm. as opposed to seeing the wider picture. And well, how about we talk about the person who's not here yet and what they might have to look forward to. And is right. this something that we should, should do or not personally, I'm 52 and I'm, haven't had kids and I'm certainly not going to have them now. Right. Um, and um, I, I think similar to you, there was a time in my life where it's like, look, if I meet the one and she wants to have kids, then I'm going to be a dad. Um, there's definitely going to be a conversation to be had, but I'm going to end up being a dad. Right. Um, but then, but then I kind of broke through that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and and realize that I was so, so fucking busy. The chances of me actually meeting the one are really really small anyway. Right. So um, you know, At shit the happens. End of the day, you know, more barbecue lizard for us, right? You know, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I hope you like tail. It's my right. turn for the head. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I really I really fucking hope this doesn't come true. And by the way, any for anybody listening, not that I know of, David does not have an illness. You're not you're not planning on passing away any minute or anything like that. No, no, no. I'm just think, I'm just projecting. You know, you know, maybe 15, 20 years into the future when it's you know just a full on uh, you know yeah. Mad Max war zone in the streets. Absolutely. Yeah. When you when you're my age. Um, right. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be, yeah. I mean, it's, it's zombie apocalypse. I'm, I'm basically food. Um, you know, 
Right. You're the, yeah, you're, you're yeah. the human shield that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone on the street's like, Howard, you're up. <laughs> We've all got kids, families, you know, we are worth saving. You've got no one. Get the fuck out there. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here we've we've put we've put some nails in a baseball bat. Everything should be fine. Go. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Have at it. Swing you away. See how that movie ends. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, it, yeah, and it ended a lot better than the TV series because I wish that would end, but there you go. Uh, <laughs> um, oh man. Um uh, so yeah, well we've we've got as far as a zombie apocalypse. This is um this is quite apt really. Um right, right. But um, I, I really hope no one from the label listens to this. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ, what was philosophy hour with you and that guy from England? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, yeah, we're having fun. That's the main thing. That's right. Cool. Um, who's, I, I'm trying to work out your T-shirt that you're wearing. Uh, wormed. They're, right. They're, um, from Spain, I believe. Yeah. Really? I haven't heard any wormed. What are wormed like? Oh, it's crazy. Like, uh, I'd say it's like death metal from the future. Wow. And I also have to straight away realize that having talked about, I hope you hate, your label doesn't hear that. Then Divin, we just, I've just dove straight into, hey, let's promote a band you're not even in. <laughs> <laughs> they're sick though. If you listen to Worm, they're great. Oh man, I I will be I will be doing that this evening without yeah. a doubt. I will be doing that this evening. Yeah. Um, so when you when are you um when are you heading out when um when and where and who with and all of that stuff. Let's try and be vaguely. Uh, I'll try and be vaguely professional. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, so the so, ne- so we'll do the whole. The, we'll plug it all right now. So yeah, absolutely. Gonna... Yeah, do it, do it. This is this no... thing up. We've put a nice bow on it, you know, and just. <laughs> and now a few messages from our sponsor. Right. So, all right. So, okay. Nether Heaven comes out September 9th. Um, I don't know when this podcast is going to air, but you know, we, we just we just released a new track, Recrucified. So, check that out if you haven't checked it out yet. Um, album drops September 9th. We immediately hit the road and do uh, a North American tour. Um, so, we'll, we'll be doing U.S. and a bunch of cities in Canada. Um, take a little bit of a break, and then we come to Europe. We'll be in the U.K. We'll, we're, we're hitting like you know most major cities in 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 europe um and i forget the exact date that that happens but it's like i think it's in like like i want to say like mid mid january time so a winter tour in europe um i think it'll be running from january into february um Uh, winter tour in europe since it might be more pertinent to your viewers but it's going to be it's us headlining uh we're going to be playing a bunch of tunes off nether heaven as well as some some more you know you know classic tunes tunes from our other you know back catalog or whatever yeah um yeah. Don't horror's direct support they've got a new record coming out oh um, awesome alluvial um is uh playing on that and creeping death is opening so it's going to be just like a totally stacked lineup brilliant man of kind of all styles of metal i mean you know we have a death metal te- you know progressive technical edge obviously goat war have that that blackened uh you know touch to their music alluvial or very technical band and then creeping death have almost more of like a you know like a osdm aesthetic going on so kind of something something for everyone there and uh yeah we're just really looking forward to getting back to europe and and headlining there because it's been been quite a bit since our last headline tour so yeah a lot like so many things are on the the horizon there um really looking forward to getting out there and, and and supporting this this record and i'm sure we'll be 
Yeah. I mean, we're just starting the the album cycle, so yeah, sure there'll be more news coming down the the pipeline yeah. from there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that uh, European tour winter. I I mean, it's 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 like it's it's the obviously it's the worst time it's the worst time to tour to tour Europe. But it's not um, as bad as the U.S. in the winter. I found like I don't know. I think Europe's like a little bit more. I guess depending on where you are, obviously, like maybe in more Scandinavian countries, it'll be like kind of snowier. But like you know, we're hitting Spain, we're hitting like southern France on it. So yeah, that will be that'll be, be fine. Cold, but like, um, I don't know. I feel like there's nothing worse than like, like the mid, like the Midwest in the winter time of the of the U.S. is just like bitterly cold, ice on the ground, like just. I mean, yeah. even in March, like we almost didn't make one of the cannibal shows because I was, you know, I, I was driving wow. and everyone was just asleep. And like, we hit this like stretch of highway where it was all mountainous regions. Oh, and no. Luckily, everyone out, like, I'll never forget. I look over, my bass player wakes up and it's just like snow. There's like cars like that have like kind of pulled off and, and oh. just like, and I just, you know, he, everyone, it's probably like, you know, two in the morning, like dead asleep. And he looks over and I'm just like white knuckle, you know, gripping the steering wheel. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when I finally pulled off our merch guy, you know, we, 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 we were in a van. So we, we, yeah. we traded out shifts. I, I'd driven for like four hours or whatever. And the next morning I wake up and he's like, dude, it's a good thing you powered through because that stretch of highway was like shut down, like when I was, when I went like an hour or two to the gas station, people were talking about it, like where we had just come, come from, they actually closed it off. So we would have like, wow, we just barely made it through before they <laughs> yeah. shut the whole highway down and we made the show and everything was fine. So, um, I'll be in a, a nice warm, hopefully warm bus on the European yeah. tour. So someone else I, is I, driving. At the very least I won't have to, you know, be dealing with the, with the drives or anything like that. So, <laughs> That sound that sounds that sounds absolutely horrific. I mean, I'm I'm I you know I'm a driver and um it's like mountain roads um freak me out. Add some snow as well. Um I know what you mean by white knuckling because it's yeah. like the, the focus gets to a stage where you are so honed in on what you're doing that right. you've forgotten about how fucking shit this is do you know what i mean it's just like literally the road in front of you just keep going just keep going just keep going and you get in that mindset where it's like if everybody else was awake in the bus that would have been a nightmare because then everybody else is saying oh my god oh this is terrible and it's like just makes it worse right right yeah yeah i was i was i i sometimes when i take on that that role you know like especially with a night drive i don't know i, I just like it kind of pumps me up almost in a fatherly type of way, you know, or you're like, yeah, all right, these are you know, yeah. my sleeping cherubs here. Ah, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm the dad right now. I got to like, you know, I'm going to make sure we get through. Uh, yeah, that's and, lovely. Uh, and yeah, it's, 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 you know, cause we're all in the same, you know, we're all in the same boat together. Right. Like, you know, if, if, if someone doesn't pull their weight here and there, like, I mean, it could affect the whole, show you know yeah if, if i was like fuck this i'm not doing this drive and pulled off and not that you should drive if you're feeling t tired or anything like that you know what i mean I mean, you know get a coffee make sure you can get through and yeah but you know had i not been able if i wasn't able to do that and you know, we would we wouldn't miss the yeah the show so it, to me it's like a little bit of a source of pride when we you know each member can kind of come through on our team and like just just get it done um, yeah 
and that's sort of the, you know going all the way from just to kind of tie back to the stand-up comedian band <laughs> talk like you know, when you are yeah, yeah. together there's other variables of course like you were like you were saying but there's also that 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 camaraderie there when you do yeah. have a really good functioning team yeah um, and it, it, i don't know it's like a weird like summer camp or something like that like ever everyone's just yes. like you know you have the same inside jokes you have the same mannerisms like you're kind of this weird like hive mind for like you know a few months out of the year um, yeah there's something very special in that i think and oh and, yeah you know it's it's the playing of the show but it's also just kind of like conquering the elements and traversing these massive expanses and, and having like a team there to to uh to to experience it with but also to help you get through it yeah um yeah to be a to be in to lend an ear if you're having a tough time you know or yeah. to, to, to to share a beer after the show and and have that that experience together and share in that in a communal way i think is super special and that's also what uh keeps me going so yeah yeah yeah, yeah heaven, coming out so, <laughs> <September> <laughs> <night>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. order it now available in all good shops um online and oh, physical now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I I totally agree. I got, though, is uh, that Howard? I got a split because I okay, got cool. interview uh, in in uh, like one minute. No worries. I've kept you long enough, Dave. I feel like I feel like I've got a another brother. Um, I will. Um, I'll definitely be along um, to the London show in the UK. All right. Awesome. I'll see you there, man. See you there, mate. Take care. Bye bye. Take care. Bye. How cool was that? All right. I mean, Dave is the dude. We, um, we we got on really, really well. And it's it's funny because I was I listened back to that whole interview, which I don't normally do um, whilst putting the podcast together as I am right now. And um, yeah, it, 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 we're really kind of stilted at the beginning. And I'm, I'm sure some of you are thinking, oh, you know, this this doesn't seem like it's going very well. And and the difference in volume in in the two of us um, is entirely my fault it really is it was recorded on zoom and because the quality of of his audio was so good i didn't keep the separate files which enables me to mix it and you know basically match the volumes and i thought stupidly oh it'll be fine so my apologies now i could have sat here and gone in and just increased the volume on all his bits but unfortunately, when we're talking together, that means it's too loud. And it, 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 I tried it, but it just sounds unreal. And it sounds exactly like what I've just described. It sounds like somebody keeps turning the volume up and down. So I kind of thought, Do you know what? I'm going to leave it as is because the, the quality uh, of, of, um, um, of his parts are, you know, it's, it's really good quality audio. And also, your ears tend to adjust after a while, and I, f I did find mine um, adjusting after a while. But my my apologies, that is totally my fault. Hands up! But hey, come on! If you've been around for a while and you remember some of the early episodes, good God! I mean, some of it was very close to unlistenable. I mean, <laughs> anywho, Dave and I are going to catch up when they're in London, and um, we'll be able to do a face to face chat then yeah cool anyway look all that remains to say is go and get nether heaven by the wonderful revocation it is out now you can go get it and 
yeah, it's basically just pretty fucking awesome. What can I say? It's been a really cool, it's been a cool episode, I think. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I enjoyed it, but I hope you enjoyed it. And if you didn't, well, you know, never mind. There'll be another one. There'll be another one along in a minute. Just remains for me to say thank you very much. Share the podcast. Whatever you do, tell people to start talking bollocks. Thanks a lot. Do that. And I'll catch you next time.